0: You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers. Part of the Locked
1: On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always my co-host, David Drogmeier, and we are two riders who've gone to start covering the Chargers' Over five seasons ago, doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live. I write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked on Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. A special thank you to those who are checking out the show for the first time today. We really appreciate it. And thanks again for making us your first listen of the day. We appreciate that as well. And to make sure you never miss an episode, make sure to follow the show wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked on Chargers podcast there. But on today's show... I wanted to start with the Chargers' playoff chances because ESPN came out with an article where they talk about where the Chargers' playoff chances stand now, as opposed to where the Football Power Index had them to start the season. And then, since we are at the bye week, I wanted to get into the biggest surprises and biggest disappointments so far for the Chargers, so we're going to do that in segments two and three. Today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than a place to just get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right, David, time to get into an ESPN Plus article that was Bill Barnwell coming out and rating the teams that are the most improved this season. And the teams on there include the Cardinals, the Cowboys, the Bengals, and the Chargers. And the Chargers are the second highest leap on this because. According to the Football Power Index and Bill Barnwell, the Chargers went into the season with an FPI playoff chance of 38.7%. And a lot of that has to do with the Chiefs, right, being in the same division. So they're basically giving you a chance at a wild card, right? I mean, that's really what they're saying you kind of have to do to get in. Still not terrible playoff chances for being the second team in your division. I guarantee that was the second highest in the AFC West behind the Chiefs, but Now, I mean, sitting at four and two, going into the bye week, the picture has totally changed. And the Chargers now, sitting at the top of the AFC West, have an 81.8% chance, according to the Football Power Index, to make the playoffs in 2021. And even though it's been such a disappointing time, like, that is a huge jump. And, I mean, we felt like the Chargers were going to be borderline, you know, playoff contenders. Like, they were going to at least be a contender, To be a playoff team, right? But now it's looking like, I mean, it's theirs to lose. And really, it is because of, you know, the Chiefs being three and three, Broncos being three and three, the Chargers still sitting at four and two, but having tiebreakers already over the Raiders and the Chiefs. I mean, to see that leap, I mean, 43.1% leap from where the Chargers started to where they are now. And there are so many, you know, questions. Justin Herbert, sophomore slump, Brandon Staley, first year head coach. And now, I mean, the Chargers are doing way better than any of the analytics thought they were going to do.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of that had to do with their success in the first six games, Daniel. They really did well, did a lot better than a lot of people expected, a lot better than we expected, um, and they took care of business in a division. Like you said, winning those division games are always important because those games are worth like two. They're worth like double because of how important they are in your division. So the fact that the Chargers are 2-0 and against their first two of division AFC West division opponents is very very valuable and really does a lot to increase their playoff chances so far this season
1: and the other thing is is we talked about it a little bit and you have brought it up but just how much easier their schedule is going to get right so when the teams the Chargers have played so far were not playing the Chargers this year those teams are 20 and 10 which is a ridiculous record right the teams that they're going to play, when not including when they have to play the Chargers, are 29 in 35 combined. So that's a winning percentage of only 453. That's not going to scare you very much. And I think that's the other part of this for the Chargers is, yeah, there's some things they're going to have to improve and they're going to have to get better. But at the same time, that easy strength of schedule is a reason why when you're looking analytically at something like this, after you've beaten the teams that you've already beaten, you're going to have a really great shot to make the playoffs. But the other thing that I mentioned that I thought was pretty interesting as well, David, is the Chargers aren't going to play an elite running team any weeks for the rest of the season except for one. And that's going to be against the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, none of the AFC West teams this year are powerhouse running teams, right? The Chargers held the Raiders to only 48 rushing yards in that game. The Chiefs, you know, they allowed over 100 to but that's not the norm. I mean, the Broncos would probably scare me the most running-wise right now with the two running backs and a pretty good offensive line, but the Minnesota Vikings are the only team that really can expose you potentially like the Browns did, like the Ravens did, and that was one of the things that Bill Barnwell said is just the Chargers ran into a perfect storm of you know injuries on defense, going up against a team that's willing to run the ball against you 38 times and make you stop it, and a team whose defense really came to life, obviously, but That definitely makes you feel good about the Chargers the rest of the season, knowing that there's probably only one team that's going to really be able to do what the Ravens did to you, at least as far as running the ball.
0: Well, and you have to have some confidence that Brandon Staley is going to be able to make some adjustments and try to figure out what to really do with the pieces that he currently has. He has six games of data now, and he's in the bye week. And one of the things he said in his press conferences is, that I'm going to take this time to focus on the Chargers and what the Chargers need to do to make adjustments. If I need to change a run fit or if I need to change a particular role for a, or for a certain player, then I can do that. I'm going to take this time right now to try to make these adjustments going forward so that the Chargers are better against the run. Uh, and also, if Dalvin Cook isn't isn't injured, then yes, they're going to have a serious problem with him. But he's had a lot of injury issues so far this year and in his career. Uh, so yeah that's definitely something to to focus on but also the Chargers have a soft schedule but they still have to take care of business I mean they can't fall into that trap game mentality they have to go into whatever environment that they're in and they need to go out there and get W's when I
1: think the other thing that's a little bit you know misleading is probably the fact that I do think that like the Patriots even though they're two and four right now right like they played the Buccaneers really tough they played the Cowboys really tough last week took them to overtime. So like. That's not going to be an easy game. The Vikings, like we talked about, even though they don't have a great record, that's not going to be an easy game. I mean, the Chargers are still going to have to get better, but I think when you look at this and you're also taking into account what Bill Barnwell's just said about the Chargers are also, you know, 31st in the NFL on penalties right now, that's likely going to come down and they actually just came off one of their better penalty games, only four in the last game. And the Chargers defense isn't going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL on third down. Getting, you know, the twenty seventh ranked pressure on third down. That's something I definitely think that with the guys they have, they're going to get figured out, right? And something they can definitely look back on during this bye week to see maybe where they've gone wrong over these first six weeks on those critical downs. I mean, giving up, you know, close to forty five percent of the third downs against you is just not gonna do it. And I mean, it's just stealing possessions away from an offense that's been really good outside of one week so far this year. So I just thought it was very interesting looking at the Chargers' statistical playoff chances at this point when you're looking at it by the numbers and just seeing an 80% chance. I mean, I think if we went into this season you're like, Chargers have an 80% chance to make the playoffs, I'd probably take the under. <laughs> I'd probably Sign like,
0: me up. Sign it yeah. in blood. Let's go.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I probably would have taken the under as far as like what I believed it was going to be as far as chances, like an 80% chance plus, you know, 80 plus percent chance. I probably wouldn't have thought. Were the Chargers' chances to make the playoffs with all of those factors we talked about, but a lot of the reason the Chargers have been this good so far this year is because some players have really surprised us and stepped up in really big ways. So, coming up after this, we're gonna get into the biggest surprises on the Chargers so far. Rashawn Slater, anyone, I mean, how can he not be surprised by that dude, even though we knew he was good going into it? But we'll get into those surprises and much more after this. But first, I need to tell Chargers fans that the Get Upside app is an app that everybody needs to know about because pretty much everyone gets gas right and right now you guys could be saving money in your gas tank right take the numbers that you see on the board at the gas station take those down 25 cents that's what you're getting with the get upside app my listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up all you have to do is download the get upside app at the app store or the google play store now and use the promo code at touchdown to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon back on your first fill up that's 50 cents off guys when you're getting gas on every gallon that you're getting so don't pay full price at the pump anymore get cash back with get upside by downloading the app and using that promo code touchdown to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month with get upside and there's no strings attached i mean all you guys have to do to get your money out is You can get it right to your bank account, PayPal, or even an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. So just download the free app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, all caps, one word, to get that 50 cents back per gallon on your first fill-up, saving you guys money with the app promo code TOUCHDOWN. All right, David, well, now it's time to get into the Chargers' biggest surprises of 2021. And I wish the bye week is a little bit more centered towards the middle of their season, right? Because we'd have a better, you know, representative sample size than the six weeks that we currently have but there's definitely some guys that were able to stand out I mean I already spoiled one and said Rashawn Slater so we might as well start there because I knew Rashawn Slater was good right but at the same time I mean you know we were all jumping up and down with joy when they drafted him right that and Asante Samuel Jr. was like how could these guys fall how could the Chargers actually get the guy that you wanted to fall at that spot right so there were so many things there but he also hadn't played since 2019. He took 2020 off because of COVID. He still didn't have a ton of experience, was a little bit undersized, right? And had a lot of questions other than just the tape, which where you looked at it and there was nothing wrong with it, right? I mean, just so technically sound, so dominant against pretty much everyone in the country. But it's hard not to start there with Rashawn Slater, David, because even in our wildest you know, expectations, our wildest imagination, We couldn't have thought of him just already being one of the best tackles in the league.
0: It's been absolutely incredible to watch with Rashawn Slater. I mean, he's been fantastic no matter what you've asked him to do. If you want him to go up against uh, Chase Young, who is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, and thoroughly handle him, he can do that, and he did that. If you want him to go up against the Browns and their litany of pass rushers and hold his own and give up one sack uh, against... Miles Garrett, which is probably the best defensive player in the NFL, or at least one of the best defensive players in the NFL. He, in 288 pass-blocking snaps, has only allowed two sacks, only 10 pressures, and one QB hit in six games. Rashawn Slater is the absolute truth. He is amazing. The Chargers have him on a rookie deal, and the Chargers general manager and the management of the team should be jumping for joy with what they have seen from Rashawn Slater so far in his rookie season.
1: I mean, they're definitely patting themselves on the back for sure, and they should. I mean, he was definitely a hit. Asante Samuel Jr. could probably be on this list as well, just because, I mean, he does have a couple of interceptions. I think just the fact that he's been able to go out there and play, and there hasn't been just more obvious times where you know he's doing something wrong, right? I think is a win, especially for a corner that you got in the second round that's been playing a very significant number of snaps for your defense has played a major role there. For the next one, though, I'm going to disagree with pro football focus on this because I have Kazeer White on my list of surprises this year, and I was really surprised when I went to get some of the advanced stats that they have met at like a... 44-something, I don't know, as far as his overall player grade. And, I mean, say what you want about the guy. I mean, I don't think he's been helped out a lot by the defensive linemen in front of him who are meant to, you know, free him up to go make tackles because it seems like when he has a clear path to the ball carrier, it's done, right? I mean, you saw last week against Lamar Jackson. You've seen it all season long. I mean, he's just been a flat-out playmaker, right? He's made plays in every area of the game. He gets two interceptions last week. He's already forced two fumbles, including the one – Week one that helped the Chargers win that game against Antonio Gibson in the fourth quarter. So like we always talked about Drew Tranquil, Kenneth Murray going into the season as kind of the undoubted starters. We found out very quickly into training camp that Kazir White was getting a lot of snaps with the first team defense, right? And maybe it wasn't Drew Tranquil, but with both of those guys being injured, I think it's just put more of a spotlight on the most consistent linebacker they've had this year, which I believe is Kazir White when you look at his total production for what he's brought to the Chargers defense
0: yeah I gotta agree with that that was another one that was on my list and I saw uh, the first thing that kind of stuck out to me which is what I just didn't understand or I didn't expect was that he gave up seven like 14 receptions on 17 targets I didn't, I didn't know that. I thought he was a little bit better than that in coverage. But uh, I'm going to kind of go against the advanced stats and kind of go with the eye test on that. And, and I agree. I think Kaiser White's been, been fantastic. He's been very physical. He's uh, used that, the, those safety instincts. Uh, and it's really, really paid dividends. And speaking of safety instincts, I mean, we can't go through this talking about anyone if we're not going to bring up Derwin James. Derwin James has been fantastic. Um, And he's been fantastic at several different positions. If you look at his snap counts, (laughs) they're all over the board. He's played six at defensive line, 102 in the box, 128 at free safety, 125 at slot, and even six at corner. He has 38 tackles, two forced fumbles, 15 stops, and two sacks. He's just been a well-rounded playmaker. He's been all over the field for the Chargers defense He's handled all those roles, but that's because that's what he is capable of doing. And it's just been really nice to see him stay on the football field and do everything he does for this Chargers defense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess the one reason I didn't have him on my list is just because it's like, fair or not, you expect that from Derwin James, right? Like, I can't be surprised by Derwin James. Yeah, he can also kind of surprise you with some of the things he's able to do out there, you know, even when you think, that you've seen at all from him and like the crazy thing is I still kind of think he's working himself back. Like I don't even really think this is the best version of him that you're going to see because it's just, I think after this bye week after getting those first six weeks under his belt, after having a chance to really go deep dive and assess his own game, like I think he's going to come back even better. And the fact that he's been able to stay off the injury report, really, I mean, as much as that, like it's not, I don't even want to say that's a surprise because that's kind of messed up, but like, it's just so great to see him not just, you know, not being banged up and stuff like that, but like completely staying off of the injury report. It's not like he's questionable going into the game. He has anything lingering. Like the charge defense hasn't been good. Like you can only imagine what it would have looked like so far this year without Derwin James. But speaking of someone that you have to talk about in this segment, which I believe you actually, you know, by contract have to, is Mike Williams, just because, It is a surprise. Nobody saw him putting it together this season. I mean, even with the last game, I think two for 27, that was obviously a bad game for everybody. The offense didn't have a ton of plays. I mean, he didn't have a ton of targets. He made one of the biggest plays of the game that set up the touchdown. The only points of the game, right, was set up by him getting down to the one-yard line. It, like, took him five minutes to get up. So, like, he was playing not at 100%. The only other, you know – small game by him he should have had a 72 yard touchdown or an 82 yard touchdown so like pretty much every one of his games would have been wild this season if he had caught that and i mean just already 33 catches 498 yards to have 500 yards almost after six games when your career high is 756 or when your career high is a thousand and one in one season right and you're already halfway there and you're only six games deep into the season but 7.56 were his numbers from last year like he's getting real close to what he did for the entire season last year and we're only six games into the year and he just played a game pretty banged up and now has a couple of weeks to kind of take it easy on him but still averaging more than 15 yards per catch six touchdowns in six games on pace for 17 touchdowns this year I mean, Mike Williams has been brilliant I mean for so much of this season and we always heard you know those balls or more like 80-20 balls with Mike Williams. I mean, this year it actually feels like it.
0: Yeah, well, it's just been really nice to see how many different ways they're using Mike Williams. They're using him in the short and the intermediate game. They're getting the ball in his hands quickly so he can really show his athleticism. I mean, he didn't really get to do that a lot in in years past. Like you said, they really just used him in the jump ball situations or when they really had to get a conversion. They threw up some crazy pass and Mike Williams more often than not would go up and get the ball. But this year he's putting it all together. We saw the thousand yards receiving season. We've seen the 10 touchdown season this season. He's on pace to shatter both of those. And it's a great year to do it because obviously this is a contract year for Mike Williams and he is definitely going to get paid.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe we can see him get some more handoffs. You know, I don't think we've seen enough of that in his game. No, I mean, I just think it's, yes, we knew that he wasn't going to get a ton of separation, right? And I mean, outside of the 240 plus yard touchdowns against the Browns, like he still isn't creating a ton of separation. And it just doesn't matter because they're throwing him back shoulder balls. They're throwing balls where Justin Herbert can put it right in the right spot. And I mean, that is a dangerous area to live in, right? And we've seen some of those in those tight windows get knocked away, get almost intercepted and things like that. But with those back shoulder throws, you know, those throws along the sideline, any kind of fade route or anything in the end zone, like he's the number one guy you want targeted. And he's just been coming through time and time again. I mean, two-point conversions, touchdowns, big plays. I mean, 70 plus yard touchdown. If you're gonna say the only person that did that this year was Mike Williams, I mean, that would be surprising. I think he's the only person that has a 40 plus yard touchdown for the Chargers, and he has both of them so far this year. So Huge surprise with Mike Williams doing it. He needed it. They needed it. I mean, it just changes the total complexion of this offense with him doing what he's doing and then having Keenan Allen somehow be a secondary piece so far this year. But even though we have surprises, right, that always comes with the territory and every year there's going to be some things or some players that disappoint as well. So coming up after this, we'll talk about some of the players and some of the trends from the Chargers that have disappointed us so far and maybe can get better towards the end of the season. We'll get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about McDonald's because it's one of my favorite restaurants. I'm here to tell you guys that McDonald's is much more than just a restaurant where you go to get affordable food, right? I mean, right now, it is more of a local community center that you can go in for free. You can get free Wi-Fi. You can go in and hang out. You can meet up with friends. You can go have coffee. So many different things you can do at McDonald's besides just getting food, because it's a place where friends and families go to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, and so much more. And of course, everyone has their favorites, right? Some McChickens, a McFlurry sounds so good right now. I could really go for that. It's distracting, you know, when you're talking about McDonald's food, and you're expected to complete your ad read, right? But McDonald's just has so much great stuff. And there's just so much more than just going in there to eat. It's so nice bringing your laptop in there, getting away from things so you can study, And do what you need to do there as well as getting, you know, McChicken and some McNuggets on the side. But make sure you guys head to your local McDonald's right now so you can refuel and reconnect. Maybe do a Lockdown Chargers watch party there sometime. We'll see about that. But I know I'm loving it. I also need to tell you guys about Built Bar's my favorite protein bar. I know I've told you guys so many times. But if you haven't tried a Built Bar now, you guys are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You guys have to try one of these amazing flavors for yourself. I was just on Built.com, and I found a blueberry muffin Built Bar. David, I know that you had a blueberry muffin Built Bar. What were your first impressions?
0: It was amazing. I, I wasn't expecting all, all of that rich flavor, uh, and it's always a surprise with Built Bar. The, every single one I've tried has been really, really, really good.
1: And they're all low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and most importantly, high in protein, but... You will think you're eating a candy bar when you're having something that fits on your diet, which is something that just doesn't come around often. So make sure you try all the flavors they have available at Build Bar because there's so many flavors to choose from. And right now they're bringing out limited time flavors every three or four days. So make sure you guys keep checking out build.com. I know I do to make sure I'm checking out those new flavors right as they come out because they've just been putting out banger after a banger lately but if you guys go to the website right now though you guys can even save some money on built bars if you use the promo code locked 15 at built.com you can get 15% off your first order that's promo code locked 15 all caps one word for 15% off at built.com all right david well unfortunately it comes the time to get into the disappointments as well right i mean the surprises are always fun and there's definitely have been and i think even for the disappointments like I've talked about before, it comes with expectations, right? You're hoping for a big season from someone and they let you down a little bit. So when you're talking about the biggest disappointments for you so far in
0: 2021, where would you start? Brian Bulaga is the first big disappointment for me. It's because he has not been on the football field virtually at all. And that's the entire tenure that he's been with the, with the chargers. The Chargers signed him to a three-year contract Last season he played 444 snaps. If you look at his career, he's uh, over the you know 10 years that he's played, it's been eight, 800 plus, a thousand plus, just to put it in perspective, 444 snaps is like about 45 percent of the season snaps, which that's not going to get it done. You, you paid this guy 10 plus million dollars a year to come in and stabilize your your right tackle position. He has not done it. We don't know if he's going to come back this year. He had surgery you know, to repair a core muscle injury. He's dealt with a back injury. They are hoping to get him back sometime this year, but I think that is the biggest disappointment for me just because I was really expecting him to be a key part of this offensive line.
1: Yeah, and I mean, again, for me, it's expectations, right? Like, it was hard for me to expect Brian Buwaga to come into the season healthy, but like 45% of the snaps, he's not going to sniff that this year. I mean that he's he played in part of a game so far this year like not even a full half and storm norton had to come in i think he maybe played the entire first half i can't remember exactly but like less than a full game i know for sure so and i get it I, you can't blame a player for injury right it's not his fault the his body's giving out on him for sure but you definitely ought to be disappointed and i mean i'm disappointed in it as well and i'm disappointed that we don't get to see what this offensive line would have looked like with those five dudes together. Because now it's Abushi as well, out with the season-ending ACL tear. That's disappointing too. That can make my list. But just not getting to see those five dudes because it looked like the Chargers really hit on all of those guys, at least as far as the guys they brought in this year. There were Sean Slater, Matt Fire, Corey Lindsley, Bushi, All those guys were playing much better than their counterparts had a year before. With the Chargers so like wasn't even all close. of those were big big wins for the Chargers and you just wanted that one guy to come back to stabilizing force and storm Norton I mean has obviously struggled he's a young player and all of that but like we just will never get to see what the you know peak of this offensive line would have been with all those five dudes on the field. I'm gonna put Jerry Tillery on here, David, and I know it's you know he was your breakout player of the year, but the good news is is one of my breakout player of the years I have on here as well, and it's probably not even really that fair, but I'm just disappointed in Jerry Tillery. I just hoped we'd see a little bit more out of the run defense game, right? And it's so weird with him because you you talk about flashes, right? There's a flash of him picking up Zach Martin and not so gently moving him out of the way, who is the the best guard in football, you know, one of the top three. Uh, interior offensive lineman in football and then there's other plays where he's getting driven out of the you know picture by Terrence Steele the third string right tackle by the Cowboys so that inconsistency has really shown up again this year he is coming off of his best game as far as pressures with four he led the team last week that's obviously something that you like to see but at the same time up till this point it's just hard to be Surprised with how good Jerry Tillery's been, because like the defensive interior hasn't been good in general, and I think you were just hoping. I mean, it's year three. At a certain point, you are what you are, and it just seems like unfortunately we're getting closer and closer to that with Jerry Tillery, where you're stop you're going to stop expecting like, hey, this is the year he ends up taking the leap.
0: Well, we saw in college the same thing. We saw spurts and flashes of brilliance, and we kind of thought, okay, maybe they can channel that and multiply that over an entire season. Tap but that's, it, yeah, that more. hasn't happened. That it, it's we've seen the same thing we saw in college. In the pros, we've seen flashes, we've seen some spurts of good play here and there, but nothing consistent. That has been the problem, unfortunately. I think that is who Jerry Tillery is. Fourteen pressures
1: in 190 pass rush snaps this year, and that's with not being a good run defender. You know, and four of those he just got in that last game. So like, it was much worse even before that. And we all remember the zero for 28 game in Week One, 28 pass rushing attempt, you know, snaps and zero pressures, yeah, I mean, it is what he is right now until proven otherwise.
0: Yeah, and, and that, that that's what sucks, and obviously I look really stupid for picking him as my breakout player. Now, again, there's still 11 games left in the season, and there's still things that could happen. So He definitely
1: has the talent. I right, mean,
0: the talent is there. We just need to see it consistently over just serious amount of time and just mm-hmm. we haven't seen that unfortunately for me one of my biggest disappointments is the special teams unit just as a whole the entire special teams has been it's just been bad it's only been marginally better than last year their special teams DVOA right now is 31st in the league at minus 6.4 percent points added which is really really bad The field goals, I mean, they've been decent, but there's nothing been over 50 yards. The extra points have been terrible, obviously 10 of 15. The kick return coverage has been really bad. I've said that on a couple of shows. They're really using it to pin the Chargers inside the 25 because there's no explosive kick returners that can really – move the needle they just don't have that body on the team they or have they four don't...
1: guys that have returned kicks and not a single one of them is averaging more than 17 yards per kick return so, right yeah.
0: which which is abysmal i mean that's just absolutely terrible there's no threat there whatsoever uh, also obviously the punt return we talked about that on yesterday's show with kj hill averaging 6.8 yards per punt return it's just it's not good enough the special teams unit as a whole has been really bad, and it has been a variable. They haven't had the same amount of back-breaking type of plays that they had last year, but this unit is still not much better than it was last season.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not. I I mean, it is because it's not the worst in the league so far this year. I mean, it's very, very close to it. But yeah, I mean, there's a reason though why we said like, hey, if you're going to give me average, let's go. You know, sign me up right now, but Average is a much farther maybe than we thought. And I mean, they were like historically bad last year. I mean, that's a major Grand Canyon size gap that they had to fill to come up with average special teams unit play in twenty twenty one. So I love Darius Swinton as a coach. I mean, I think when his options out there are Tristan Viscaino and KJ Hill and Larry Roundtree the third to prove that they have a good special teams unit, it's gonna be problems, right? Because they don't have the guys to work with there, and they don't seem willing to try. I mean, I guess they've tried out four kick returners. None of them have worked. They don't have that one dude though that's there to burn. Like Nazir Adderley is their easily their best kickoff returner. He's their starting safety. He's banged up. You're not going to see him there. I mean, anytime soon, I don't think so. I think that's one of those things where your best guy you can't play at that position. You need someone else to do it, especially if you're having guys like a KJ Hill stay on the roster right while they're not contributing as a receiver. Because what they're doing in special teams, and the only notable thing KJ Hill has done this year, besides a pretty nice return last week for and against the Cleveland for like the first time of the season, but the only thing besides that he's done is not muff, which is just the bare minimum, not muffing the punt. But one my breakout player of the year, David, is also on my list of disappointments, and it's Kenneth Murray Jr. And let me preface this just by saying, like. This is way too soon. Like, There's a total incomplete grade on this right now. But I think the disappointment for me is just like, I Brandon Staley sold me. I mean, Kenneth Murray sold me. He was going to be getting downhill. He was going to be getting pressure constantly, right? I mean, he had eight pass rushing snaps so far this year. He got pressure on two of them, according to Pro Football Focus. And I think the other thing that doesn't make it look good is when Drew Tranquil took over for him, it seemed like he was getting shot out of a cannon at the quarterback when they were trying to do the same things to free up Joey Bosa or let one of those guys be a free rusher through the middle. So It was a
0: noticeable difference.
1: It was. I mean, and even the pressures, I think, are kind of iffy for Kenneth Murray because I don't remember like him getting close to a quarterback this season. So he only has played three games. That's important to remember. He's now missed three games while he's been on injured reserve. Him in the running game, though – Everything was taking too long. I mean, he's still a pretty sure tackler for the most part. Like, I don't think that part of his game is dipped, But, like, I think part of it could just be another defense. I mean, talked about Justin Herbert getting another new offense. Well, this is Kenneth Murray going from a defense he already told you last year he didn't feel comfortable in, right? He told you this year he felt more comfortable in Brandon Staley's defense than he did in guess Bradley's defense. But it didn't look great in Gus Bradley's defense either. So, that could be part of it. But it just seems like he's a step weight He's had games with a lot of tackles, but the tackles seem to be going, you know, seven, eight, nine yards down the field when the damage is already done. Like, yes, it's nice to have a solid tackler, but like this dude with his physical traits you'd think could be a menace in a game plan, causing pressure throughout the game, chasing down runs from behind, right? Getting in for tackles for loss just because of his quick twitch ability, and we haven't seen any of those things. So it's not fair to him, but that's just the one thing that's been disappointing for me is not seeing... All the exciting things we kind of dreamed up when Brandon Staley said he was going to let Kenneth Murray get downhill con- consistently.
0: Yeah, th- that's definitely been a disappointment for me as well. I just, uh, I, I expected a lot more from Kenneth Murray. And I, I, like you, I bought in. I thought that he was going to be explosive. I thought he was going to be a completely different playmaker. I thought we were going to see that linebacker that we saw at OU. I mean, the guy that was running sideline to sideline, chasing people down, who was just an absolute menace. I mean, in, in every aspect. But we haven't seen that. But he is a young player, and he is in a new defense, so we got to kind of give him some time to to gel and to learn. I um, mean, he's playing with you know with some new players and a new defense that's a lot more sophisticated, a lot more difficult than the defense that he has played in in the past. So I, I like that. I think uh, another honorable mention here on the biggest Disappointments – is you know, something we brought up before, but I, I think we have to echo it. It's the first and second down play calling. It's just it hasn't been good so far this season. It's been a major problem, which has really put the Chargers in a lot of third and long situations. And as you know, when you're in third and long situations, it's really, really hard to try to stay on the field and convert and keep the chains moving and keep possession of the football because you're putting yourself so far behind the sticks. When you're in those third and seven, third and eight, third and 10 situations it's really hard to convert those so the chargers need to do a much better job of setting themselves up for shorter down and distance situations to get those easy conversions so they can keep their offense on the field we know this is a good chargers offense but we need to see a better mix of play calling on the early downs
1: well Mm -hmm. not just you know the better downs and distances but even chunk distances on first down which we're just not seeing enough of in like People always talk about, you know, getting into third and two is great because the defense doesn't know what you're going to do. You could feasibly run or pass and feel good about getting a first down, but like the most unpredictable down is first and 10, right? I mean, every guy, every defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, when they look in their book, they can find out how many times the defense has run this coverage when the other team is in second and seven, right? First and 10 is everything else. Like that's the biggest time where you have a chance to surprise the defense with a big play. And even though the charges have had their fair amount of, you know, 15 plus yard gains, you're just not seeing that instant gratification on first down of getting that chunk play. And now you're already on the opponent side of the field, right? You're already in business. You're already knocking on the door of points. So Brandon Staley talked about it in his you know, latest press conference, just saying that, yeah, they haven't been good enough on first down. They needed to keep Justin Herbert out of more of those situations. And they have to showcase their playmakers, on that down, because it is such a crucial down, they shouldn't be facing nearly as many third downs as they have so far this year. One of the ways to do that is to not get there, and that comes by better, more efficient first down play calling. But that is going to wrap things up for today, David. I mean, we have a lot of things planned for this bye week, and I think it's already been pretty fun so far. But we will be back with you guys tomorrow. Thank you again for making us your first listen to make sure you guys never miss a show. Make sure to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the new Odyssey app, or, you know, Google Podcasts, TuneIn app. You can find us everywhere and make sure you rate and review if you like the show on those places as well. Very exciting news. We will very soon be on YouTube. We've been wanting to make the jump for a while. We were waiting for all of the clearances to get into place. But we can now tell you guys officially that we will be on YouTube soon. So make sure you guys don't miss that. We will give you all of the information so you guys can follow us. And make sure you're seeing our ugly faces while we're recording the show and get you know our live reactions, and we'll be able to do more live shows and stuff like that with YouTube as well. So we're very excited about it. If you guys also want to make sure you keep up with all that, you can find it all on our social media. You can find us on Twitter at Locked L A C. You can find us on our new Locked On Chargers at Locked On Chargers Instagram page and our locked on chargers Facebook page. You can also find me on Twitter at Dan and David Drogomar on Twitter at DrotalkSD. But if you guys want to get your voices on the show, if you want to get your comments, questions, concerns on the show, we will do that as well. We love having you guys as part of the show. You can call on to 323-524-7924. We try to get every charge of voicemail played throughout the show, but we have more surprises for you guys this week. Even a guest host coming on later in the week, so to make sure you guys don't miss it, follow wherever you get your podcast, and make sure to check back in with us tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go bolts.